This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Wonderful to be with you guys for a variety of reasons. As Sia uh, uh, said that a couple of, I think it's almost like a month, more than a month ago that uh, I went knocking on heaven's door, but they wouldn't let me in. So... Um, uh, but I'm glad to be here today, and uh, such a privilege to, to stand in for a friend of mine. Peter Wasserfall would have been here today from Shofar Paul, but he had COVID. Glad to say I spoke to him the other day, and he says he's doing a lot better. Um, also, that song, you know, Our God Reigns, I'm sure if my wife was here, she would have wept. Uh, we have a prophetic word that that's going to be the song on which our oldest daughter would be walking down the aisle. So we're looking forward to that. This is not an ad for, for husbands. Uh, but if you're interested, come and speak to me. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to the sermon, man. I'm in trouble. Okay. <laughs> I might be knocking on heaven's door again. Okay. Can we just pray? Father, I just want to thank you for life and life in abundance in the kingdom. I thank you for your great love for us. I thank you, Lord, for your purpose and your plan. I pray, God, that as you fill us with the knowledge of your will, that there will be an enthusiasm for life and a joy of life that will take hold of us. And uh, there will be truly the abundant life that Jesus came for that will just start surging through our very existence. I pray, God, today as your word goes out, that your word will come and renew our minds and our lives will be transformed. I pray, God, that as we incline our hearts towards you, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, and give us hearts to understand that we might turn to you and worship you, God. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened and flooded with light that we might see the hope of your calling today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I've been asked to speak to you about, if I favor one part of the crowd, just the other half, just wave at me, okay? Or shout, we want uh, some attention too. It's kind of, so I'll preach at the cameraman and hopefully I'll see you all. Okay, so I've been asked to speak in a series called God at Work or God in the Workplace. And, and there's so many reasons why people work. And uh, there's professional real reasons because you maybe have a career objective that you want to fulfill. Um, some people do it for achievement to see how, how far they can get into a certain industry or a certain field of study. Some people do it for the money, the economic sense of it, you know, to create wealth uh, or to support yourself and your family. Some people do it for personal reasons, to experience fulfillment and significance in life. And some people do it for social reasons, to avoid being a burden to others. Some do it for relational reasons, to support other people. Um, And for most people that they don't have God and don't have a sense of the kingdom, 
uh, but only operate in the kingdom of this world, that basically ends for them there. But I believe that as we are saved by Jesus and as we come into the kingdom and as we are saved out of the kingdom of darkness into the, the, the kingdom of the love of His Son, as we come into that, there is, a added, there is something that is added to our lives that is, for me, really exciting. And that is that our work also and primarily then is to bring glory to God. It is to, to worship Him and that our work can be a form of worship. It can be one of the expressions of worship that we have towards God. And I know, you know, you most probably have heard that worship is not just the singing of songs, although it's part of that, and that worship is a lifestyle. And so I want to say to you today that whatever you are engaged in in work or studying towards getting a, a job or a work or a career, that God has a purpose and a plan for that. And it's not just for professional reasons. It's not just for achievement. It's not just for some self-actualizing goal. It's not just for financial or personal reasons. But there is something that I believe is, is even greater than that, and that is to bring glory to God, to worship Him, and to advance the kingdom. So I want to encourage you today that I want to put it to you that if we really want to understand what work is about, we should firstly and foremostly go to the Word of God. Whatever we want to gain knowledge of, it's so important for us that we as people, as children of God, our first port of call would to be what is God's view of this. Because if we don't do this, inevitably the world will start telling us what it is. Our friends, our colleagues, our mentors, our, um, our bosses, you know, our experiences, our culture even, will try to inform us what work is really about and what business is really about. And they'll most probably, if they do not serve God, they will stop short of, I believe, what is the true purpose of work. So the first thing, uh, we've got to find out what is God's view on work, and we need to explore this firstly if we really want to understand. And if we understand that God's thoughts and God's ways that are higher than our ways, as, Isaiah, as it says in Isaiah 55, that His ways are above ours and His thoughts as high as the heaven is above the earth, so much higher are these thoughts and His ways above ours. And that if we understand the ways of God and if we understand the thoughts of God and if we understand the purpose of God, then we can align our thoughts with the thoughts of God. We can align our ways with the ways of God, and we can align our purpose and our action with the purposes of God. And when we find this, we will find our place. If we see the bigger picture of God, if we understand this ways and thoughts of God in, in the world of work, in the world of business, we will start truly seeing what is the big picture, what is God's purpose with it, and then we, it will be easier for us to find our purpose in the bigger purpose of God. Okay, so one of the rules of hermeneutics, that's a fancy word for the interpretation of texts, whether biblical or just literary works, is the law of first mention. 
Now, if you want to know what the Bible or what God's view is on something, it is usually good to go and see, to go to the Word of God and to see where is it first mentioned in the Word of God. If you want to know what God says about marriage and family, go to the Word of God and see where is it first mentioned. Okay, so if we see where it's first mentioned, we will most probably have to come to the con or come to the place where we decide is this a cultural construct or is this a creational construct and to find out about work we also need to go to the beginning of scripture and see what does God say about work because I know I don't know about you but I grew up where uh, people simply told me you know there was a creation and uh, then there was sin and then uh, there was a curse upon work and it says that uh, by the sweat of your brow you will you will earn your income or will, you will get your bread and I always thought you know so before the fall of man there was no work so work is actually part and I thought for a long time I thought that work was actually a necessary evil it is something that we have to do to get money to get food to get finances to buy whatever we want but I really uh, because I didn't understand and I didn't know the Word of God I actually thought that work was in some sense something that needs to be done but if in a, in a perfect world there would have been no work and and then I went to to scripture and I want us to go there quickly in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28 and it says then God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion or rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. There's an action. Have dominion or rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that was part of God's blessing. If you go a little bit further, and remember this is all before the fall, all before the fall of man, sin came into creation. Genesis 2 verse 15 says the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So before there was sin in the world, God created male and female. He created them for a purpose and one of these purposes is to rule, to subdue, to have dominion to, or to have rule over creation, over all of creation. And he, he put man in the garden to work it. So work was part, always part of God's plan, and work was always part of God's blessing. But who of you know that when, when sin came into the world, there was a distortion of the very purposes of God. What God meant as blessing turned into curse. And uh, so we believe that, I believe that God wants to restore, and God is a redemptive God. God is a God of restoration that he wants to restore things to the original intent when he created man 
and he created women. So let's look at uh, Genesis 3, 17, verse 19. And this is now after Adam and Eve sinned. And to Adam, verse 17, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for you for out of it you were taken. So there we see what God initially created as a blessing because of sin now turned into a curse. And ever since the fall of man and sin entering into the world, there's always been a plan of redemption. God is a God of redemption. God is a God of restoration. He's intent with everything that he's doing is to bring us back to that original intent where our very existence, our purpose, is filled with His blessing. And I believe that the Lord continuously does that as the kingdom is coming, as the kingdom has come in Jesus Christ, as the kingdom is continuing to come in by the continuing work of the Holy Spirit, and there will be ultimately a fulfillment and a consummation of the fullness of the kingdom, and there will be a divine full restoration of everything as it was in the beginning before there was sin. I believe that is the part of God's plan and we need to understand that in this dispensation we are part of this plan. There is something that God wants to put in us, there's something that God wants to work in us and he wants to work through us to be an expression of a life in the kingdom. And our very lives becomes like snapshots of what it could look like if we live in the full purpose of God before they were sinned. I hope that you have listened to Willem's uh, sermon last week. I, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't had the chance, I really want to encourage you to go and listen to it on one of the, on the, on the platforms that it's available. And uh, I really enjoyed it because... It spoke about that garden. It spoke about the garden as opposed to a desert. And even if you go and read the creation story, is after the sin of man, there was in the garden, which was a place of fruitfulness, there was now also thorns and thistles and briars, briars, briars or briars that overgrew it. And it became instead of something that was just beautiful and without fault, it became a place that was sort of mixed with stuff that was good and stuff that was not as good. And, uh, and it says, and I, I just quickly want to read to you in Isaiah chapter 55. Let's read the whole one. It's not from verse 1. Let's read the whole one. It's not so long. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourself in rich food or abundance, some translation says. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make you with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, 
I made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are, are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven you do, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the very thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be let forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, there shall be a cypress. See, there is that idea again of something that was spoiled, something where that was distorted, but in restoration, instead of the, instead of the, the thorns, there shall be a cypress. Now, the cypress in ancient Israel represented healing and eternal life and uprightness or righteousness. And instead of the briar shall come forth the myrtle, which was um, a picture of, of recovery and establishment of God's purposes. And it, shall, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So keep this front and center in your mind that while you are at work, there is something redemptive about your work. There is something in the plan of God, the restoration plan of God, that you are fulfilling as you are working. Now, unfortunately, and for a variety of reasons, I think there, there for long there's been this, the, the thing, is the only thing that redemption is about is that you don't go to hell someday. And uh, we've almost made uh, that this earth, you know, is something, it's something evil, it's something that is so distorted, that is so destroyed, that it can never be recovered, it can never be restored, it can never be redeemed, and the only thing that can be redeemed is our souls. And there is, and that is wonderful, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be with Jesus, and I do believe that in the meantime, until that time, that God has a purpose for you and I upon this earth, and whatever we are busy with is connected to that. There is nothing that we engage in, whether it's schooling, whether it's education, whether it's child-rearing, whether it's marriage, whether it's a work, whatever we are busy with has something to do with the purposes of God. And as we find the purposes of God in that, it becomes bigger than we think it is. It becomes more grand, it, be, it becomes more majestic, it becomes more beautiful if we understand the purposes of God. Now, I think Willem alluded to this last week as well. This, there's been a couple of unhelpful divisions 
that men and women, but mainly men in that time, have decided that there is a difference between, and they made a division between the secular and the sacred. Secular simply means something that is not dedicated to holy use or divine use. And many people still today refer, you know, oh, my secular work is this. And, under, and this has been a very unhelpful uh, phrase. It's been a very unhelpful term that, it, that we sometimes use when we refer to our jobs, to our careers, to our businesses, to whatever we are busy with. And we refer to what happens here on stage and in church life. We refer to as that is holy. But that which I am busy with Monday to Saturday is secular, and it actually means unholy. And it's been a, I think it's been such a, such a sad thing because it, it's created this impression that I can only be involved in God's things and holy things, that which happens on Sunday and maybe on a Wednesday evening. And for the rest of the week, I'm busy with unholy things. And it has created this image that if I want to do something worthwhile in the kingdom of God, I somehow need to get involved in something that the church does. I need to be an usher, I need to be a deacon, I need to be a worship leader, I need to be a youth pastor, I, used to, I, I must be a missionary, and even that is a term that I think the Lord must redeem because we've made it so narrow, we've made it so restrictive that many people feel what I am busy with on Monday to Friday is not really of great significance in the kingdom. It is something that I'm doing so I can get money, so I can make a living, so I can pay school fees, so I can do some stuff that I want to do. But the real, the real spiritual stuff happens on Sunday. And it's, been, it's, it's made a lot of people feel so disqualified in this mysterious thing called ministry. And we, and we often... We often refer to these things, you know, if a person is in ministry, it's like you're a pastor, you're a missionary, you're a worship leader, you're a staff member, you're an administrator at the church office, and then you are in ministry. But you know, the word ministry simply means, diakonos means serving. And I want to put it to you today that for us to understand and for you to understand the value that God places on where He has placed you and what you're doing at the moment can be understood as ministry because you're serving in the area where He has placed you. You are serving, you are serving His kingdom. You are a servant of His kingdom wherever He has placed you. And, you know, I love it when... Uh, we send people on missions, but you know, we, we often do that. We send people to go to, to Tosca or wherever they're going, and we send people, but do we often send people every day to go to their job? Because we must realize that we live as sent ones, and Jesus said about the disciples, he says, Father, I send them into the world just as sheep among wolves, but just as you sent me, I send them. And do you realize that 
we should actually all have across the threshold of our, of our front door, we should have a little board that says, you are now entering the mission field. So as soon as you step out every single day, you are being sent by God to the area that you are working in. And if you can wrap your mind around that, that wherever God has me at the moment and what, in whatever job a work God has me, has me at the moment, whether that's at the church office or at a, at a startup company in Technopark or wherever God has you, that that at the moment is part of your mission field. It is part of where God is sending you to bring the kingdom, to represent Him well, to love people in that area so that they will see something of Jesus and they will see something of the kingdom in you. You know, we've, I think there's another unhelpful little division that was made about the clergy and the laity. You know, the priests or the bishops or the pastors and the others. And I think it's so unhelpful because it's created this thing that the only people that are really involved in the work of ministry are the guys that somehow get into the church office. And I think it has once again it has disqualified a lot of people that when we read Ephesians that says that there are the fivefold or the Ephesian four ministries that are there for the equipping of saints for the work of ministry, we somehow think that's only church work. That's only something that happens at church. So if I can involve in a, in a ministry, some kind of ministry or serving in the local church, then that is, my only, that is my only equipping. I just need to be equipped for that. And I want to I put it to you that to have a, a reread of Scripture in the light of the very purposes of God, that wherever God has placed you is your place of serving. It's a place where you can represent actively the kingdom of God. And another thing that I think that we really need to understand is that even stuff like what we read about in the Bible is like the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are great for church meetings, but I think we should just break out the gifts of the Spirit into a greater expression, into a wider space that in your workplace that God can give you a word of knowledge. That in your workplace, God can give you a word of wisdom. That in a certain situation that requires wisdom, that you know you in a certain situation you've come to a point that you don't know what to do. And instead of just shrugging your shoulders, that you have actually access to the Holy Spirit, to the God who is all-knowing, and you can access Him and ask Him, God, won't you give me some wisdom how to handle this. Sometimes I think in, in the workplace and, and in business deals, you know, you need, really need a discernment of spirits. That you will be able to know whether this is really from the Lord or this is just a counterfeit that will bring you into, it, in, in, into destruction. So I believe even the gifts of the Spirit should be broken out of the confines of a Wednesday evening at home group 
and being brought into the very workplace where God can use you to prosper the company that you work for, that God will, can use that for you to excel in the very thing for which he has called you. I think that's very exciting. I think it's, I think it's great that God is saying, man, I've got more for you. Because we must realize that the world, there's a, a kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdoms of this world. And ever since the fall of man, there has been a satanic or a demonic way of doing work, which eventually feels like slavery. Right through the Bible, through Egypt, there was a Pharaoh that made the people work, but it wasn't like work for fulfillment. It wasn't work for the purposes of God. It was simply working to survive, working to, to just make it till the next day. And that Babylonian system, even in, in when, they, when the Israelites, the people of God, when they went into captivity into Babylon, they were allowed to, to have houses, they were allowed to have fields, they were allowed to plant, but it wasn't for, really for themselves. It was simply for their own survival. It was simply for their own community. It was simply for, you know, their, it wasn't really for the advancement of the kingdom of God. It was for a Babylonian king. So today still, there is a Babylonian system that wants to enslave people and create in them the sense, well, I am really free, but you're not. And we, we have this choice. We have this choice whether we choose the kingdom of God or we choose to submit to a Babylonian kingdom, to a Babylonian system where it's not about the kingdom of God, where it's not about a greater purpose, but the greatest purpose is you yourself. And I believe that the Lord wants to change that. And the Lord is releasing people that understand the purposes of God for work into the very workplace to be like yeast, the yeast of the kingdom, that God sets you in a place, God sends you into a company, God sends you into a school, God sends you into a business to be the yeast of the kingdom. The thing about yeast, when it goes in, it's a very small amount, but it affects the whole lump. And sometimes, you know, we feel, you know, even if, if you're working in an environment that isn't decidedly Christ-like, that isn't kingdom-minded, they don't really care about God, all they care about is the bottom line. And sometimes you feel overwhelmed that I'm the only person here, but you are the person there. You are the yeast of the kingdom that is being put in that lump, and you have the power to change everything if you understand your purpose. But if you think, I'm only here, and I really hate this, and this is really bad, and uh, I don't know why God puts me here, God put you there so that you can bring the kingdom. That doesn't mean you sit and read Bible when you should be working. Okay, because that's not good either. But, you know, uh, to, to bring what God has blessed to... to to express the, even the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the faithfulness, the self-control, to express that, whether you do it in great measures, whether God calls you 
to change industry, whether God calls you to maybe be a teacher or God calls you to, to totally transform the educational system, you know God will reveal that to you. But whatever God calls you to, you must realize that it is for His purpose and it's for His plans. It is for the redemption of stuff that He created long ago. You know, we often we want to, we want to have success. Uh, Gunnar Olsen, a guy that uh, started the International Commerce of Christian, he said the following. He defines success. He says, success is much more than the acquisition of material possessions. Success in the kingdom terms is progressively increasing dominion in your sphere of in your sphere in obedience to God's will as revealed in his word and the continuing revelation of the Holy Spirit. So God has placed you in a specific sphere, in a specific situation. And your success is is determined not how much money you get, not how much honor and prestige and promotion you get or positions you get, but your success is how much of the rule of the kingdom you are able to bring into that sphere according to the word of God. But if you don't understand the purposes of God and the word of God with regards to work, you'll simply see it, you know, my spiritual life is on Sundays and on Wednesdays and the rest of the week I'm just surviving here so I can go to church again on Sunday, which is great, but it's not really the final purpose of God. You must realize, you must realize where God has placed you is to increase the government of God. In whatever, in however great amount or small amount that is, it's not really the question. The thing is that you, we, under, we must understand that the original mandate of God to mankind was to have dominion over the earth was to have dominion in every sphere of society. And God places you in your work to say you can have an influence where you are. In fact, you have been commissioned. You have been commanded by God. It's not a suggestion. It, it's the original creational command of God for man to have dominion, to have rule, to bring the government of God, to bring the kingdom of God, wherever you are. And the beauty of that is, God says to the increase of his government. It doesn't say that his government's going to stay the same. There's nothing static about the kingdom of God. The word of God says to the increase of his government. It's an everlasting kingdom, and the thing about the kingdom of God, there's an everlasting increasing, increasing, increasing of the government of God. And guess what? You're it. You are part of that increase of the government. As you bring a little bit of the government of God, as you bring something about the kingdom into your workplace, you are participating and you are partnering with God to bring an increase of his government. Therefore, every single day that you, that you trudge off to work, and maybe your work is really, your work situation is really challenging, 
But I want to say to you, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. The ability of God within you is greater than any darkness that you can step into. But if you think, if you do not understand that, if you do not have a revelation of that, you'll simply think, you know, this is my job. This sucks. I wish I could be, I wish I could work in the church office. Maybe you should speak to some people working in the church office. Church offices are notoriously hard ground. I want to start closing off. Closing. Okay. I want to read a quote from Ken Costa. If you want to read a good book, it's called God at Work by Ken Costa. It speaks about this whole, um, this whole topic about God at work, obviously. <laughs> it says, Jesus did not come to give us a new form of spiritual life that is disconnected from the world. He came to continue and restore the patterns of work and service initiated by his Father. He did not come to give us a new form of spiritual life to disconnect us from the world. He came to continue and to restore the patterns of work and service initiated by his Father. And every time that we step into that partnering with God in our workplace, we are part and parcel of this, part and parcel of this restoration. If you want to, if you want to find purpose in what you do, connect it to the greater purpose of God. Connect it to the kingdom of God connected to the original purpose and the original intent why God made work. Your work can be worship. William Tyndale in the parable of wicked mammon in 1528 he was also the guy that translated the Bible into English he said the following, there is, no better, there is no work better than another to please God, to pour water, to wash dishes, to be a souter or a cobbler, that's a shoemaker, or an apostle, all is one. To wash dishes and to preach is all one, as touching the deed to please God. But sometimes we desire, we, we look at people preaching and says. You know, I wish I could just do that. That'll be, then I'd really be effective in the kingdom. But that's not the case. It is, what has God called you at this moment? Where has God placed you at this moment? And if you do that, do everything as you do. The apostle Paul in Colossians encourages us to do everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. And we've often looked at that and say, oh, that's church ministry. And we need to come away from this secular and sacred, from this clergy and laity, from this church world and marketplace, which I really also feel, you know, it's like, oh, I'm in the church and I'm in the marketplace. I, I want to say to you, as, as someone that's a full-time vocationally in Christian ministry, as, as we often understand it, I want to tell you that I'm in the marketplace too. It's like people say, you know, I'm not in church, I'm in the marketplace. 
as if there's no work in the church. That's where God has placed me at the moment, and, and I engage with the marketplace. I'm sure that you're going to meet some people that I'm never going to meet, but I want to tell you I'm also going to meet some people that you're never going to meet. But we make this distinction that it's the marketplace and the church as if the church is separated from the marketplace, and Jesus never makes that distinction. Jesus speaks about life. He walks and he talks about fishermen and he talks about farmers and he talks about hospitality industries and he speaks about life and he doesn't make a differentiation between the temple and it's simply part of life. And us being church and not going to church, but us being church is that God takes his church and he inserts his whole church, every single person that part of that called out ones that are called together for a purpose, the ecclesia, and he inserts them and he seeds the earth and the marketplace with his church. Saying, you are the agents of my kingdom. You have the kingdom inside of you. Now express the kingdom. Express the kingdom so that my kingdom can come in every sphere of society. And in this, your work can be worship. Your success is in obedience. Your success is in obedience. So when someone goes to Saudi Arabia and God sends them, you know, you're not less for being here. You're not less for going to Somerset West. You're not less. It's obedience that counts. And sure, the guy that needs to go to Saudi needs to go to Saudi, but his obedience is just as important and just as vital as the person that goes and works for game in Somerset Mall. These things only comes by a revelation, by the word of God, and by the leading of the Spirit. So I want to, if, I just want to take, trust the Lord that he will, for some of you that have felt, you know, I'm not as good as the guys that work at the church office. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as good. I'm not as valuable as people that are in ministry, quote, unquote. That God will just renew our minds even with regards to ministry. That God will renew our minds with regards to what is sacred and what is secular. So when you go to your work tomorrow, see it as a holy vocation. See it as a call from God at the moment. Now, you might have your eyes on, on bigger things and your heart set on greater things in the kingdom, but I want to ask you that can you ask God to come and change your mind with regards to what you see and what God values as your work. And that you are, in actual fact, a missionary. You are just as sent as these people that were sent here today. That God sends you. And sometimes as sheep amongst wolves into very hostile situations to be an agent of his kingdom, to be that yeast of the kingdom 
that starts changing the whole lump. And that the ordinary things, or the things that we often ascribe to church stuff, is often just as applicable more needed in the workplace than it is right here. We, we prophesy one another, and then we prophesy again, and we prophesy again, and we prophesy again, and later we, on, we have files of prophecy that we do absolutely nothing about. And then we prophesy some more. I want to tell you that a friend of mine, this is, I'm really going to close with this story. A friend of mine is a graphic designer. He served the Lord. They had to make slides. And uh, he had like, he worked for um, the Landbau Nachforschungsrat LNR. And one of the professors went overseas and he had to take a slideshow with him. And this friend of mine had about four or five forms that needed to be developed. Now, it's not like today where it's just like digital. It had to go to Kodak, and they had a special service that they could do it in one hour. So you would hand in the form, and one hour later, and we thought it was lightning fast, you could pick up your photographs. And then he had to take little photographs of his photographs and make slides, and he had four of them, and he only had two hours to do it in. You do the maths. My math is bad, but I knew that was not possible. So he phoned me and he said, Jan, what will I do? I said, okay, what you do now is close, close your shop front and go into the back and start praying. He phoned me back about an hour and a half later. He says, Jan, I don't know what happened. I got everything done. I said, how's that possible? He said, I don't know, but I, I went in and I started praying and then I started praying in something that sounded like Hebrew. And an hour and a half later, and all my work is done. This is not possible. This is a miracle. I said, uh, Owen, that was speaking in tongues, which you don't do. But that was that. And, and God did a miracle. God did a miracle not in church. God did a miracle in his workplace. His life was forever changed after that because of, and he started realizing that God is in my work. God is just as much in my work as he is right now here in the church amongst his people. And I'm trusting God that our minds will be renewed and our lives will be transformed if we connect our work with the original intent of God for work. And if you have in any way thought, my work is not valuable to God, or I don't see how this can affect the kingdom, I, I really want to encourage you, to just go and read scripture, that law first mentioned. Go and read that and allow God, by his Holy Spirit, to inject some purpose into your heart and into your mind with regard to the value of your work for God. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.